Welcome to the Daily Objective, day 91 of the war in Israel. I'm joined by Morgan. Hey, Morgan, how's it going? Not too bad, Razi. How are you? Good. Uh, today we're talking about the West Bank. Uh, the West Bank is kind of the forgotten part of this uh, of this war. And I'll, I'm going to start, before we get into the details, with Israel's declared uh, declared goal at the start of this war, which was to eliminate Hamas. You know, We've spoken about how in previous rounds, um, against Hamas after they fired rockets, after they kidnapped and killed civilians. Uh, Israel never declared that as a goal. The goal was you know, to, to cause them setbacks or whatever. Now the goal was to eliminate Hamas. You cannot eliminate Hamas without a serious operation in the West Bank because Hamas has a strong presence in the West Bank. Uh, it is not the ruling, it's not, it's not ruling that area, but it is very much present there. Uh, uh, we saw after the uh, accident suffered by uh, Hamas deputy leader Al-Aruri in, in Lebanon that um, uh, Palestinians in the West Bank and in multiple cities went out and protested and, uh, and declared their intention to retaliate. Now, the, the, the goal, I don't know if you remember this, actually, you may have been too young uh, to remember this, but Obama uh, had this red line when it came to Syria. How would you think I remember, Razi, that I can't remember Obama? Well, this particular thing was, I don't know if you remember the, the red line, but uh, his red line, I, I looked this up, so I have the exact quote somewhere here. Uh, so the red line, Obama... Obama's red line was, it, this is the quote, a red line for us is we start seeing a whole bunch of chemical weapons moving around or being utilized. And this was in relation to uh, the Assad regime. Shortly, very shortly thereafter, uh, chemical weapons were used. Now, whether or not Obama should have uh, made that statement, uh, gotten involved in any way, that's irrelevant. If you state that this is your goal and then you backtrack, uh, you are showing weakness. Obama showed weakness to the world, uh, made America look weaker than uh, than he already has, and then that his uh, predecessor George W. Bush had. Uh, and and generally, America for decades had been getting weaker and weaker. I think that was a that was a red line of sorts in that sense. Israel not operating in the West Bank is is a statement. Now, I've said I think the goal to eliminate Hamas is should not be the goal of the war. It's it's a part of the overall goal, which is to defeat the Palestinians, uh, to eliminate the threat coming from the Palestinians and to eliminate it from where any any other Iranian proxies and ideally from uh, Iran itself. Morgan, your initial thoughts about the West Bank and what Israel should do there, if anything. Yeah, so I guess <clears throat> I'm going to sound a bit like a stuck record, but it's, it's something that I've been struck by since the conflict broke out, which was essential unseriousness about people in the West primarily um, about their attitude towards the conflict and about the fact that this is a cyclical conflict which has broken out every few years for quite a long time now and what I was I found quite edifying was that you know if, if at least one good thing came from October 7th there was an attitude that this couldn't happen again that finally something was going to be done this, this no more October 7th would happen despite what the Hamas guys said um, and of course, it isn't just like Hamas are the only people 
who would like to do something like October 7th? Um, it's a very unfortunate thing that Israel is situated in a place in the world where it is surrounded by people who would like to do this kind of thing. And Israel has to think very, very carefully about who those people are who would like to do that. And so in the West Bank, the the Palestinian Authority is ruled by Mahmoud Abbas, who is the head of Fatah. And um, it, it was only in September last year, I think it was shortly before, October 7th, a few weeks before, that there was you know outcry about the fact that he had given a speech to the members of Fatah saying that the Holocaust happened not because of anti-Semitism, but that Hitler killed the Jews of Germany for their social role, by which he meant money lending. So, you know, the traditional thing, you know, Jews are evil because they, they engage in usury. Um, so this is a horrible anti-Semitic guy uh, who's ruling, uh, you know, the extent to which there is a government in the West Bank. And we were talking on the show the other day about um, the role in which um, anti-Semitism plays in motivating October 7th and that people who, not not just the people who stormed the border on October 7th, but people who hold anti-Semitic attitudes are culpable for what happened. And, and also people who didn't stand up and do something about um, anti-Semitic attitudes. Anyone who saw it and didn't do anything about it, even if they themselves didn't hold those attitudes, bear some culpability for it. And so when it comes to dealing with, to, to making sure this threat never ha- comes up again and Israel's never attacked like this in this way, Israel is going to have to deal with the people who hold these attitudes. Um, and that's very clearly very deeply rooted in the West Bank. Um, there was an interesting uh, survey that's done by the Anti-Defamation League called, oh goodness, it's, it's the Something 100 where they, they, they do this kind of long-term survey to, to get a grasp of anti-Semitic attitudes in the world. And for the section that's titled Middle East and North Africa, they've surveyed 275 million people, so a large amount of that population, and they found that <clears throat> of the 275 million people surveyed, 200 million uh, hold would take the majority yes to the anti-Semitic kind of things on the survey, which is 75% of the population. So that's, that's really very high. So if Israel is going to be serious about dealing with this problem long term, it has, it has to turn its attention to the West Bank, whether that's in military action or what exactly form that takes. You know, I don't know. But the West Bank, once Hamas is dealt with in Gaza, it isn't like suddenly peaceful reign and there will be no issues that, you know, something is going to have to be done about these same attitudes in many other places, but one of which is the West Bank. Yeah. Thank you, Bonnie, for the super chat. Uh, Willful Thinker says <clears throat> that what you're referring to is the ADL Global 100. Uh, this reminds yes. me of... Uh, years ago, uh, a Lebanese friend told me, you don't understand how how much people hate the Jews in the Arab world. And I said, no, I, I know. I know Arabs generally uh, hate Israel, especially if, if they are in the Arab world. And he said, no, you don't understand. Literally everything that happens somehow is blamed on the Jews. Uh, yeah. Uh, Arab culture is basically is, is you know, filled with a uh, uh, limited number of Owen Joneses. That's uh, that's. That's that's how life is in those countries, and and uh, you know that that that's why so many of them are are failed states because if you uh, if 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 you don't need to solve any problems because the problems are caused by you know these people who you just need to kill, then then uh, you know that you're never gonna get anywhere. Uh, a couple of things you said that I wanted to uh, touch on. One is the the culpability of people, for example, who who sit and and do nothing. I mean, I don't know 
so I don't know if I'd use the word culpability. I don't necessarily know that I wouldn't, but in a sense, you are responsible for your own life. And in that sense, if you know that people are doing this in your name from your city or village and, and, you know, there's a, there's a, an armed uh, enemy that they're attacking and that armed enemy might say, you know what, uh, I don't, I don't like this. I'm going to stop it. Then yeah, you are, again, responsible for your own life and you suffer the consequences of your decisions. Um, and, and that's back to me saying uh, several times on shows that what I mean about nobody is innocent, none of the adults at least are innocent in the context of war. Um, something about the, the response, you mentioned the response in Israel, you know, it was very, very strong and we, like, we can't let this happen again. And it reminds me, and you're definitely too young to remember this, but after 9-11, there was such a response in the U.S. You're not too young to I know how well, old you are. I don't remember the response, but I no, I remember 9-11. I have a whole story. I can remember the day exactly. I was three, but um, I ran headfirst into a glass window and had a face full of glass. I was in the hospital. I remember it. And we watched the towers. So I, I do remember it, but I don't remember the response. Anyway, go on. By the way, I was I was at an airport about to board a plane when uh, when the news was on the TV in, in the airport. But uh, yeah, but the response was so strong. I mean, America was united uh, in the idea that that they are going to defeat this enemy. And that resolve cannot really be broken by the enemy. It can be broken by your own leaders, and that's what happened in America. That's what hap what's happening in, in within Israel. The the leaders don't want to fully fight the war. George W. Bush, uh, the first people he met were were the Saudis. You know, the country that educated fifteen of the nineteen hijackers that had an education system that was very anti-Western, funded by the West, um, pretending that the the Saudis, uh, you know own somehow own the oil uh, underneath their feet even though they did nothing to uh discover it and its its usage yeah that was the case then this is the case now and ultimately of course going back to 9-11 george w bush didn't he saw a need somehow to build a coalition rather than say we were attacked we are gonna fuck up whoever came for us and and go ahead with it he, he managed to put together a coalition against the easiest country to get a coalition around uh around around responding against and uh yeah the the serious problem and of course that war was fought with that same non-existent level of uh, of resolve and was ultimately lost so yeah i think this is the case in israel the people were very much demanding action uh it, it took a while for the ground operation there can be legitimate reasons for that uh, the legitimate reason would be if, if Israel hadn't really cleared the area from the air, which they didn't. But yeah, the, the longer this goes on uh, and the longer this war is fought Netanyahu style, i.e. the cowardly, we need to do what America allows us to do style, uh, the worse it is. And, and of course, we're talking about the West Bank and we're talking about defeating Hamas in the West Bank. In Israel, they're already starting to make up uh, a list of excuses why not to defeat Hamas in Gaza so yeah that's where we are yeah um I guess that to the culpability point I just something that's really useful about Rand I guess since you know since we are on the Anne Rand Center UK after all um is you get a really good focus in her work or a very 
insightful focus on the way in which it's people's ideas, their values, and so on, which informs their action. And that, that's, a, that's a good explanation. And um, there's a way in which people in the West kind of, I guess, don't understand that point because because they don't understand Rand, perhaps, um, or at least that's part of it. Um, and so when I guess what I'm getting at is that when people talk about the conflict, sometimes they almost leave anti-Semitism out of their mind as if <clears throat> you could declare peace and kind of negotiate with um you know some kind of palestinian leader and then there would be peace forevermore as as if there isn't in anti-semitism a whole violent premise which is what makes this break out every few years no matter no matter if you get rid of hamas that's not really relevant These, that's a particular faction that embodies this problem um so there's a much more kind of fundamental issue i guess and and to the culpability i mean i, I I don't think it's controversial, the idea that, you know, there's the quote, is it, it's from some theologian that all that's necessary for the triumph of evil, or is it from Edmund Burke, all that's necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. Um, so, you I know, think the original the, quote was good men, but now we were supposed to say people, so. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, you know, if for, for the Palestinians who are, who are better out there, like, who may, who may be in the West Bank, I, you know, if to the extent that they, heard anti-Semitic remarks being taught to children or heard slurs being spoken, all this kind of stuff. That that kind of stuff is the drip, drip, drip that leads to October 7th, right? And to the extent that they did nothing about it or agreed with it or pushed it out of mind, whatever, um, they are, you know, they are culpable for it. Um, or at least I think if any, any reasonable person in that position would feel a kind of guilt about the fact of having not done anything about it, I guess. Um, and ultimately, I guess I'm getting to the point that um, fundamentally, the problem is much wider than Hamas, which is why the West, we, you know, we're talking about the West Bank, but also it's wider than that. Um, it isn't like suddenly um, you get to the border with Jordan and these opinions go away either. Um, so there's a big problem. And I, what I'm I find frustrating, as I keep saying, is that people in the West don't want to think about that. Yeah, Douglas uh, in the chat says ISIS hit Iran, give the Jews a break. Uh, yeah, that sounds like something the Jews would say. Yeah, but ISIS took responsibility for that. And of course, uh, you know, the people, I, I actually went to Jeremy Corbyn's Twitter to see if he tweeted anything before ISIS took responsibility. This was one of the rare times that uh, he, he didn't immediately blame the Jews. Um, oh, also, I saw this... Uh, on 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 this issue of you know if you if you do grow up in such a society i i saw this thing that a a viewer of the channel shared on facebook of uh ennis freedom the basketball player from turkey uh who said how he arrived in in uh, the u.s 18 or 19 year old basketball player and uh you know forget what exactly said, but something like his mother gave him the advice of always uh, never hate somebody until they've given you a reason to hate them or something to that effect. And he said, you know, he met a, a Jewish person and they invited him to their home for dinner. And then his immediate reaction was no. And then he said, okay, there's no, I, they haven't given me a reason to, uh, to hate them. So I'm going to go. And he said, you know, I called a friend before that and said, if you don't hear from me in two hours, call the police. And you know, and and of course today he is uh, he is one of the world's uh, great freedom fighters, and 
but yeah, that that's if you are raised to hate Jews, uh, you know, it's it's going to be difficult to undo that. But it it is on you, and and the older you are, the more you've lived, the more you you've uh, experienced life and experienced that uh, uh, people have free will. There are good and bad people in in any society, uh, and and if you continue to believe that, it is absolutely on you. Um, I want to say, uh. Yes, Douglas, you can cancel a membership anytime. It is monthly, and uh, if you cancel it, yeah. By the way, for everybody else, if you uh, like our content, want to support our work, want access to more of uh, what we do, uh, you can buy a membership. By the way, I might as well pitch before I, I go back to uh, uh, what's happening in the West Bank right now, that uh, members members at the platinum level and above that is a that is not a cheap one it's 50 pounds uh for the platinum membership and more no that's, that's it's very affordable very nicely priced you know it, it is i i think it's it's uh you know it's more it's worth more than it costs and uh tomorrow we have the return of the arc uk philosophy forum and for the new year that's going to become a weekly thing one of the things we're going to discuss is the republican primaries uh which is also going to be the topic of monday's reality show that's going to be the ARC UK Republican primary debate I think we're going to probably alienate some people but uh, you know that's what we do hopefully we're going to convince some people to uh, see how we we come at this from a different perspective yeah so back to uh, uh, after that commercial break back to what's going on so there are some ground operations in the West Bank by Israel and you know, it's it's kind of pinpoint operations. There's, of course, more going on, uh, uh, you know, more attempts uh, on the Palestinian side to uh, ignite the situation as there is not as much as there is in southern Lebanon because they don't have the, the capabilities of uh, Hezbollah. But there is uh, some stuff going on there. And uh, but yeah, it's it's insufficient and it's reminiscent of Gaza. It's, you know, let's do whatever we can. My only explanation is whatever we can get away with politically, whatever we can get away with diplomatically, whatever won't piss off America too much. Let's do that. And if another October 7th happens, then we can go in and, and uh, go further towards the goal, which we're not going to achieve because they're going to stop us before we get there of, uh, of eliminating the enemy. Mm. I mean, so <clears throat> I feel bad for Israel in lots of ways because, um, well, for numerous reasons, but it seems they're actually, as unfortunate as it is to say, more determined than a lot of governments in the world to be decisive about these kind of things. Um, and yet, of course, they're also clearly insufficiently decisive to get to go through with a lot of this stuff. Um, and they also have a very bad, lot of bad faith allies in the case of of the US and the UK, unfortunately, um, who really could do far, far more uh, to back them up in going through with this and actually very often are actively undermining them. Um, so despite all the problems that are kind of internal to Israel with not maybe feeling too much guilt about doing what's necessary to finish the conflict um, or to see things through, they've also got all this outside pressure raining down on them as if that other stuff wasn't enough. Um, so I feel sorry for them sometimes. And because also, they put out people to go back for them in the press, like Elon Levy or Mark Reagan, who really stand up there and put forward a, a reasonably good moral case for Israel. It maybe not might not be perfect, but they really go out there and and speak far better on their country's behalf than 
um, most diplomats do for other countries. Um, so anyway, losing my train of thought a little bit. Uh, well, thanks, Douglas, for becoming a YouTube member. I also, uh, you know, I, I don't like uh, acknowledging uh, trolls in the chat, but when, whenever somebody uses the word genocide, this is this is off topic, but it, it, uh, it's worth mentioning because, again, a show without a, an Owen Jones mention, well, there already was one, but why not another one? Uh, you, you may have seen these things on uh, Twitter where the, the IDF... Uh, you know, shows a, a soldier and they're talking or smoking a cigarette and then blowing up a tunnel behind them and you see the explosives and everything. So uh, Owen Jones uh, tweeted one of those and, <clears throat> and used the word genocide. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he basically used that as an example of genocide. Now, of course, those tunnels, unfortunately, Israel makes sure, uh, as far as I know, pretty much makes sure nobody's there. Uh, and certainly if there are explosives in there, Hamas would know and uh, and get out. Um, so it literally is an explosion of a tunnel that is only used for the purpose uh, to to further the purpose of murdering Jews. So making it the, within the definition, the Owen Jones definition of genocide, this is important, people. He, he is prominent. This is why we're talking about him. Within the Owen Jones definition of genocide is any attempt to make it more difficult for Hamas to achieve their goal of exterminating exterminating the Jews, that's there's no other there's no other way uh, to see that. If anybody sees that uh, another way, uh, let me know in in the chat or Morgan if you see a way to uh, explain Owen Jones's uh, Owen Jones's view of this as as anything other than the way I've explained it. Uh, let me know. Um, I mean, I think a very if you want to explain Owen Jones, you would have to be perhaps a professional psychologist, I suspect. Um, no, there is no way to explain that. I, I, as I keep saying on the show, and again, I'll sound like a stuck record, people use the word genocide in the context of this discussion with Israel with immense portent and kind of it. Um, well, with immense context to it, because of course, where, why was Israel founded in 1948? Um, why did the UN finally decide to go do that? Um, it was because of the aftermath of World War II and what happened. And so when people accuse Israel of genocide, um, it's with that it's with that knowledge in mind and it's to make it sting. Um, and that's not and it's so and it's not because of actually because Israel is doing that because Israel isn't committing genocide, but they don't they don't care about that. They'll throw the word out there anyway. Um, and it's immensely in, disgusting and insulting to anyone with good taste which is not what owen jones is um, and the way you get to be like someone like owen jones is the same way you get to be someone like chenk Uyghur. um you get to be like that through having been very very tribal uh, there was a debate i saw with chenk recently that he did with the the lefty youtuber destiny and it, it was amazing how reasonable destiny came across he's one of these bread tube guys who I, I wouldn't really agree with at all um but Chen just comes across as completely deranged. And you, the way you get to that point is perhaps through a, a, you know, a measure of unintelligence, but also through um, destiny is not bread tube. I think destiny is bread tube. That's what Daniel's telling me. Anyway, um, you get through there through a measure of unintelligence, but you also get there through a measure of having drunk the Kool-Aid for so long that that's how you end up. Daniel's having a go at me. Live yeah, I, uh, you know, this is this is why when I say you're too young for something, I'm too old to know what bread tube is. Uh, but I will uh, maybe uh, search it's it on Alta Vista. Uh, what? It's lefty YouTubers who've named themselves after Kropotkin's conquest of bread. 
All right. Sounds sounds uh, interesting enough to not have to search on Alta Vista. Uh, Douglas, Owen Jones shouldn't use words in a sentence if he doesn't know the meaning of the word. That's that's the thing here. This is not, you know, there, there are things that you can say if you're uh, a teenager who's, uh, you know, been encouraged to, to uh, has certain ideas put in his head and is going out and, and marching in the streets. It's different if you're an intellectual. Owen Jones is an intellectual. He's not a stupid person. He knows exactly what genocide means. He knows also in the context of this conflict that uh, that th th there is an attempt at genocide and Israel's military action is an attempt to prevent that genocide. He knows that and he is intentionally uh, uh, promoting ideas that, that contradict that. So yeah, this is not, this is not uh, stupidity. It is pure evil. Yeah, and it, the best case that you could put forward for it is that it's um, that he's deliberately um, letting his focus go funny when it's coming to calling Israel genocidal. That's the best case, and in all likelihood, it's actually much worse than that. It's more closer to what you're saying. But so, if that's the best case, then what he's doing is still evil. Um, that you know, there is no justification for it, and and it's so relentless and it's so particular from Owen Jones that there is no excuse for it. Um, or from any of these other people, you, again, you can you can bring up the Young Turks in this context as well. Um, and they're awful. They're even worse, to be honest. Yeah, and, and with Cenk Uger as well, this is this is his, uh, you know, this is his brand. Cenk Uger is super popular because of, of his brand uh, of, of uh, an angry leftist who doesn't actually delve deeply into uh, anything and uh, yeah, you know, the show I did with Mark about Cenk Uger, Mark was optimistic that maybe Douglas changed Cenk's mind. I don't I don't think um, I don't think his mind is, uh, you know, could be changed because he does know better, uh, but the brand is working for him. And so he will not uh, I don't think he will change his ways. I think the way that you end up as one of these people is that you go into it with with the with the goal of defending you know the lefty position or whatever it is right and so then you form your whole um understanding of the history to the extent that you do um and your line of argument basically with validating your tribe's side of things and so therefore <clears throat> you get these kind of really weird lines of argument from Chenk about you know and he'll talk about 1948 and all that kind of stuff and he'll come up with these utterly bizarre detached um views about it and the only way you get there is from having from the beginning thought i need to be lefty about this or i need to be whatever um and so therefore he sounds quite sincere when he's talking although he also sounds again completely um stupid you know he does this thing which he's done for years and years and years which is where he'll repeat the opponent's view back to them in a kind of stupid tone of voice and you kind of think well this is the guy who's running for president of america um, well, I suppose it doesn't actually take very much to be the president of America nowadays. Um, this, this is the guy who gets an awful lot of views, has an awful lot of subscribers, and it's immensely unimpressive. But uh, anyway, that's those are my thoughts on Cenk Uger. Yeah, since we're out of time, I want to quickly comment. Yeah, Christopher, I don't know what was going on behind me, but yeah, another reason to support ARC UK so that uh, our offices can be such that... Uh, random people's uh, angry conversations are not a part of our content. Uh, and yeah, to the people, I've heard this uh, a lot in, in uh, recent weeks, 
call it Judea and Samaria. I do <clears throat> often refer to it as Judea and Samaria. Uh, when we when we uh, have a title for a YouTube video, we want people who might necessarily not necessarily agree with us to click it and hear what we what we have to say. And it's unfortunate that uh, the, it is the West Bank of the Jordan River. Now, there's a reason this is it's referred to it as the West Bank. And uh, yeah, we but yeah, there there is a context here, and I uh, stand by the decision uh, to have a title: uh, "The West Bank Must Be Next," and not "Judea and Samaria Must Be Next." And yeah. um, what definitely must be next is the reality show starting in a minute. Morgan, uh, you are joining me on that, as is Jonathan Honig and Kirk Wilcox. So thanks everybody for watching the reality show. Uh, if you're watching live starts in a minute. We'll see you there.